Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Chris Barton. Chris is the founder and first CEO of Shazam, one of the most popular apps of all time. You probably have it on your phone. He's a serial entrepreneur who's pioneered mobile partnerships at Google and Dropbox, and himself holds 12 patents, that's right, 12, including one that's found within the Google search algorithm. Chris speaks about innovation to audiences around the world, and most recently is the founder of Guard, which uses AI to detect and prevent drowning in swimming pools. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. I was uh, wearing the pair of Shazam socks that you gave me the other day. It was a conversation starter. So thanks for that, man. Oh, yeah. I'm glad, you, glad you're enjoying them. Yeah. It, it, it turned some heads. Uh, so what do you wish more people knew? I think I wish that um, more people knew how important it is to go the extra mile whenever you're whatever, whatever you're trying to do. Um, when I when I when I was at I uh, spent several years at Dropbox, we had these sort of man, kind of core employee um, philosophies or mantras, and one of them was sweat the details. Um, and I love that. It's like don't don't just do it, sweat the details. Um, I and I think that. Um, you know, when you to, to arrive at amazing outcomes in your personal life and your professional life and whatever your your dreams are, um, it's really that sweating the details that really going the extra mile It's the execution, the persistence and the creativity that you put into it and the passion that ultimately leads to the outcome. So sweating it out certainly is is hugely important when it comes to creating new products and new ideas. But I think about the way that you and your co-founders started Shazam, which now I think has been downloaded like what, two billion times, something ridiculous. There were other companies besides yours that were trying to create and identify songs with phones using other technology at the time, but you guys beat them out with an approach that you call start from zero. It wasn't just sweating it out. It was a different kind of process. Tell us uh, about that. Okay. Yeah. So start from zero is I, I, I sort of branded this sort of five key ways of thinking differently. Um, and there are ways that we don't think by default, um, but if we do are make ourselves very consciously think these ways, then you can lead to amazing outcomes. Um, and they're, as I said, they're comprised of five. Um, in the, the case of actually coming up with the breakthrough idea of Shazam, um, what we were applying is the first of those five. Um, and I call it build from basic truths. Now, it, what it is, it's based on the concept of first principles. And, and what Build From Basic Truths is, it's a different way of thinking. So when you're, this is an, a type of thinking that you use when you're coming up with ideas. So we can all use this type of thinking. And, and that applies both in our personal and our professional lives. So uh, in the case of Shazam, um, we, we used this Build From Basic Truths or first principles thinking, um, or I used it in coming up with the idea. So um, the initial thing, the initial way we think is traditional thinking. We tend to think from what we know. We tend to think from what is more obvious, is sort of analogous thinking from the familiar. Um, and so in the case of Shazam, 
uh, at that time, people, there were several companies that were trying to do music recognition on mobile phones. And what they knew and what I knew is that there were technologies that existed that monitored radio stations. They were pattern recognition technologies that could literally check what was playing on thousands of radio stations at a time. And it was a nice, simple technical problem because you have a nice clean signal coming from radio stations. And even if you have a thousand radio stations, it's only a thousand songs at any given time. Frankly, radio only plays about 100,000 songs in total. So that was the pattern recognition technology that was available in the world. And all these startups were going to building services where you could then use that information in real time to provide a service where you could find out what song was playing from your mobile phone. But of course, it would only be songs that are playing on the radio, on the radio. So that means that you would have to take out your mobile phone, type in what radio station you're listening to, and then the service would check those monitoring technology and say, this is the song you're hearing. So it's a bit clunky of an experience. You're having to type in the radio station. You also need to know the radio station. And then, by the way, it's also limited because you can't use it if you're in a bar, club, cafe, theater, uh, shopping mall, anywhere where music's just being played and it's not the radio or you don't know what radio station it is. So um, the breakthrough idea for Shazam is what I was thinking of doing something similar. And I kind of thought, gosh, if I build this type of service, what could someone do that would leapfrog me and make me irrelevant? And that's when I kind of thought, that's when I had the true aha moment. People think the aha moment of Shazam was, hey, I'm going to come up with what's that song on your mobile phone. No, the aha moment was, what if I can do the what's that song using the sound in thin air coming to the microphone? Because the true, true, the basic truths, people were not questioning the assumptions in traditional thinking. They were making the assumption that you need this radio monitoring technology. And then when you build from basic truths or first principles, what you do is you question all the assumptions and you break down to the core building blocks, the basic truths, things that are not assumptions. And so the true, the core basic truths were that every phone has a microphone and all music is audible. Therefore, it's picked up by microphones. Those are truths. They're not assumptions. Uh, and um, and it was from that that we came up with the breakthrough idea. I was like, wow, what if you could do it out of thin air? Um, so that's that's the Build From Basic Truths. I have to, if you don't mind, I'd love to just tell you one other example of Build From sure. Basic Truths, just to show that it's, it can be used not only in business, but it can be used in your personal life. I actually used it once for finding an apartment in San Francisco. So I know this sounds crazy, but at the time, it was incredibly hard to get an apartment in San Francisco. I would show up, it would get listed, I'd show up, and there'd be 30 other people there, and they'd all be competing for the same apartment, and it would be gone in a, in, a, in a second. I would never get the apartment I wanted, and particularly not the good ones. So I decided to build from basic truths and I thought well one truth is that when an apartment goes gets listed before that the tenant gives notice and wouldn't it be great if you knew about it before you know right when they gave notice and not until once it got listed in Craigslist or wherever um, and then the second basic truth is well how who is the first person to know when an apartment when a tenant gives notice it's the landlord okay and then the third basic truth is well how am I gonna I don't know the landlord who the landlord is or their phone number but who does the tenants know. And so what did I do? I literally walked the streets of, of the, my favorite neighborhood in San Francisco, Russian Hill, and I literally buzzed the buzzers on the buildings and just buzzed these buzzers on an intercom. You can't even see the person. And I just said, I love your building. Would you mind telling me the name of your landlord and phone number? Because I just want to call and see if anything's coming available. I then built a list of the phone numbers and names of the landlords of all my favorite buildings in, in Russian Hill. And then I just hit the phones once a week to find out, has anyone given notice? And has anyone given notice? So I could get, find out about the apartment before the 30 people showed up from Craigslist. Um, that's building from basic truths, first principles thinking applied in your personal life as well.
I love that. So you start with first principles, but there's bound to be friction. So what do you do? And what do you encourage others to do when we hit up against that wall? Yeah, um, you're definitely going to hit friction. I mean, so, you know, look, what, basically what I like to say is that we tend to think that, a, so that the creation of something amazing, whether it's something in your personal life or your professional life, comes mostly from a great idea. So for Elon Musk came up with a, an electric vehicle idea and Steve Jobs came up with an iPhone idea and, and so on and so on. Henry Ford with a car. But really, that's just the first part of this. That's the first part of, of what's going to lead to this great outcome. What you're actually going to do is as you then follow the path towards getting to your destination of creating this thing that you want, and it might even be finding an apartment in your life, you're going to encounter all kinds of barriers. It's just a, 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 it's just a matter of fact that you're going to encounter barriers. And we encountered so many barriers in the case of Shazam. Even once we had this idea, like, oh, it turns out we have to build a search engine as well, a supercomputer from scratch. And, oh, it turns out we need a vast database of music, and there's no digital databases of music. And it turns out we need a lot of funding, and actually the venture capitalists don't want to provide funding because the world was collapsing financially when we started Shazam. So all these different barriers. And... So what you end up having to do is actually come up with many ideas, you know, one after the other, um, and keep trying to invent your way to the outcome. And, and, and what happens, I think, by nature is that when we see a barrier, we actually tend to respect the barrier by, by default. So we see the barrier and, and we, we respect it like it's an authority. Um, and instead, what we should be doing is defying that barrier because we've got to get past it to get to our vision and not, and not sway the course, not give up on our vision. So it's not really just sweating it out, it's also thinking it out and being persistent with that creativity. Coming up, what is, what is your core insight? What is the insight that you have that no one else has? That What is the thing that you see that you believe will lead to this great outcome? You know, in the case of Dropbox, as they said, it was this, like there was not even one button to press, it just synchronized um, to whatever was in the folder was in the cloud. That was the obsession, the insight. The thing that they saw in the case of Spotify was of having a freemium model of, oh, you know, you can use it for free for a while and then eventually you'll realize the value of it and convert to paid. And by the way, at a conversion rate that is far exceeds any almost any other uh, freemium service out there. And uh, but uh, but it was required. It requires massive persistence and you face a lot of resistance along the way. In the case of Spotify, they had to raise two billion dollars in funding to get their business to the point where, you know, in private capital in order to get it to be a public company, $2 billion is a lot of money. And I can imagine it's not hard to get that money. So there's a lot of resistance. Investors don't want to just throw away $2 billion. They want to know it's going to a good cause. And so typically people will push back and say, do you really need to do this very expensive freemium model that we have to pay record companies hundreds of millions of dollars in advances also that you can realize this vision? Maybe an easier way would be something closer to the models used by Amazon, Google, and Apple, where you just people just pay and that's it. There is no freemium gate. Um, but it's that it's that having that that focus, that insight that you're so wed to that you believe will lead to the great outcome, and then staying true to it despite all the resistance along the way. And by the way, I, I always like, love to give this one example. Shazam was a name that just came to me when I came up with the idea. I faced resistance on that. I mean, literally, I had my co-founder didn't like the name. He wanted to change it. Then the venture capitalist said, "Can't you name it? What's that song? Oh my." gosh, I'm so glad we didn't do that. And then um, even the head of marketing. 
I'm trying to imagine right now opening up what's that song on my phone. Right. right. <laughs> no, and and it's like so yeah, and that's what it could have easily ended up at if I had you know caved into the resistance. So um, yeah, so it is it is when you have the great insight, overcoming the resistance is so key. There is interesting research that companies value the concept of creativity much more than the process itself. From an organizational perspective, how can companies create this kind of creative thinking and execution? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, great creativity comes from having a personal connection. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're if, if someone in a company is just doing their job, they're, you know, even, even if you train them to be creative and you say, here's how to be creative and you give them um, a, a long leash to be creative and so on, so, so to speak, um, and then you, and you give them all the tools they need to be creative, um, they still may not have the passion to be creative and the creativity comes from a passion and that passion is, is a personal passion. So what I like to see companies do is to bring that personal connection into what's ultimately a job. So that people feel when they they're treating their job as if it's their it's it's their personal passion. Build from basic truths and feel connected to what it is that you're doing sounds like a recipe for creative success. Absolutely, Chris Barton, thanks for sharing your wish with us today. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.